Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. All right. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You are at your favorite spot, your best podcast on the planet. Here is the place where the conversations are pointed and the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. Brains, I am going to enjoy this interview so much. And the reason is, is there are three types of people in the world that I absolutely adore. Teachers, nurses, and seniors. Because of their dedication, their longevity, their compassion, and their wisdom. And Joy Ann Gold is one of those. She is a woman that is entering her 80th year, eight decades on this planet. And she is still living vivaciously. She's not learning how to die. She's learning how to live and sustain but that's what they teach you. When you're 60 years old, I just turned 60. Oh, you can get your Medi-Cal. You can get your social security. You know, you can get this medication or that medication, but they don't teach you how to be vivacious. And I want to talk to her about some of the things that she's learned and she's seen over these 80 years, because that's a blessing. The Bible says 70 and anything you get over 70 is grace. Okay, so we are here to talk to Joy Ann Gold, and she also has a twin sister. I'm gonna ask, I wish she was there too. I'd love to see her, but maybe we'll get her on the next time. So let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Joy Ann? Oh, I am celebrating today, and I love being here to share how to grow ageless. That's right. That's right. Because again, people don't. They, you know, they're ashamed of their age. I tell people I'm 60. I'm looking good at 60, damn it. I know I am because there are some people that look like the cats drug them in at 45. (laughs) So how do you stay so vivacious and, and happy and excited about living? It's all about mindset, April. You have to have a, a positive mindset. You don't focus on what might go wrong as you age. But what all the dreams, the possibilities for life. And when you have that mindset, you stay active. You create new opportunities for yourself. You you know, don't sit down and stop living. It's like this can be, and for me it is, the most uh, joyful and most uh, productive time of my life. I really feel my third act is going to be my best when I live my legacy. You know, and it's like my husband, I call him Mr. Magnificent because he is. I love that. But uh, he's about to retire. 45 years he's worked, 20 with the military, 25 with his current. And I said, well, what are you going to do? He said, absolutely nothing. Nothing. He says, I'm going to get in the car and maybe I'll go out to the park. Maybe I'll plan a vacation. Maybe I'll cook dinner. He says, but I don't want to be committed to do anything. And it's so wonderful that he's able to do that at 65. Mm -hmm. I have another friend 
sad to say that she never traveled. She worked. You know, she was one of those people that they cashed her out. And she had 450 sick hours. Um, and she was going to travel. She died 30 days before she retired. Yeah. So, you know, you have to live. You have to live in the moment. You do. You do. And you now, even for Mr. Wonderful, uh, he, uh, you know, you have to give your when you've worked all that time, you yeah. do, do want to give yourself space and time to just enjoy. There will likely come a time where he is going to want to become productive, to do something to feel more passionate. That's when we step back into life and it doesn't have to be at the same pace, but when we have a passion for whatever it is, it can just be a volunteering type of thing. I know or, that's what I've been called writing, to do. Writing I'm called a to be a volunteer for a uh, activity director at a senior center. I yeah. wanna do that. I wanna bring music and art and laughter to individuals that are sitting there, again, that nobody pays attention to anymore. I agree. I mean, that's, I'm going to be going into the senior centers and talk. Uh, oh, yeah. Try to inspire them to look at the possibilities in their lives. Just because they don't have quite the help they had and they maybe need a little care does not mean they're, uh, need to say, okay, I'm done with life. There's still right. many, many things they can do. I'm gonna ask you some real intense questions because we're women of particular ages. I've got a couple that I know at the senior center, they just got married. Ah, I love it. They're in their eighties and she was sneaking into his room. Yes, she was. <laughs> she was the hottie, not him. She was the pursuer. And they got married. And I asked her, I said, well, I'm going to ask you, are you still intimate? She goes, absolutely. People think that your sexual desire and passion shuts off like a water faucet. It doesn't. doesn't. No. Uh, for some people, it's even more. I mean, you know, mm. physical challenges sometimes, but the passion. The, right. So. And yeah. the intimacy and the, 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 you know, is in the mind. It's not necessarily, you know, the bodily function just to cuddle next to someone, hold somebody's hand, get a, a deep, tender kiss. Those things can just turn your life around. Exactly. It feels so loved and worthy. And I'm intending that for myself in my 80s. Well, go ahead. I can see it's with a suitor, but be very careful because I had another guest on my show that was taken advantage of by this online dating. Uh, yes. This guy got her for $300,000, Joy Ann, in three months. Oh, and, I, and I asked her, I said, well, at least did he send you a picture of his junk? <laughs> and she said, oh, no, we can't do any of that. I said, well, he never kissed you. You never seen him in person. And she just kept shelling it out. But she shelled it out because she was in a very controlling marriage previously. And now that that person has passed on, she has the liberty and she had the resources to do whatever it was she wanted. So what we have to do is we also have to find a sense of balance because, you know, people are so disrespectful to their parents now. I noticed that. My mother died right here in my home. I felt her very last heartbeat. But you look around and kids don't go and see 
their parents. They don't rear their children to honor and respect their grandparents. To me, that was a no-brainer. You right. called grandma, you went and saw her, you did what she said, but it groomed me to be the woman that I am today. But that has changed. Haven't you noticed that? That they are not grooming them to respect the elders. Is that what you're saying? Right, right. And that is uh, definitely a message that I am working in with the gals that have joined my movement to uh, really connect with the younger people as well and help them to realize the value that we have in the third act of our life. They see us as uh, having so much to offer and things that we can do instead of seeing us as spent, basically. Right, you know, and the, if you don't understand your past, you have no idea what you're going to engage in your future. The technology may be different. The, you know, the fashion may be different. The music may be different, but the context and the core of the story remains the same. Right, right. Um, oh, it's, it's just, it hurts my heart that our society does not honor aging, the, our age, as does many other cultures. I know. So um, I have a motto goes um, is to change the thought process, our stories from fear and decline to joy and expansion. That's right. And because it's not over till it's over. That's it. And so we have to show the world. That is my vision and mission that we show the world who we are and what we can do. I mean, look at you. You're a prominent superstar on social media. I see you. You're out there with your camera. You're, you know, you're, you're talking to people. You've learned the technology. It's just about being patient. Right. And again, but my mother didn't like the internet. She said it was the devil. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want any parts of it, her or my aunt. Um, but again, you know, they said rock and roll was evil back then too. And all that, all that hip shaking and, you know, blacks and whites were not supposed to co-mingle. So things evolve. Now we've got this artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and that is, you know, I'm excited about it. Uh, but I'm, and I want to know about it, but I'm also moving with caution. I had a friend that had a surgery. The surgery was done by a robot. She had no idea it was done by a robot and it was botched, yeah. uh, but she didn't know. Yes. But anything that can be done pretty much by a human is going to be, you know, changed. Right. But what it can't do is it can't love. No. Uh, and, you know, it may be able to process data that's been poured into it, mm -hmm. but it can't create feelings. It can't yeah. create warmth. It can't, you know, uh, to comfort you. Those things are, are things that the human beings do. Right, right. We still need, no matter how much artificial intelligence develops and helps us, we need the human connection. That is so important as we age that we have that connection. Too many people uh, are lonely. 
Right. So tell me in your three, uh, you know, third act, what are some of the two or three of the hallmark moments that you really uh, remember that really made an influence? I know you've had so many, but what were the, the, the few that just really impacted your life? Well, what impacted me early on in my life in a negative way was that, of course, being born an identical twin, I was the second born. And I did not love myself because I never felt I measured up. I was second best. And so even though it was four minutes, didn't matter. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> I was always second. And, you know, in school, I, my sister would get an A and I'd get an A minus. Mm. So I truly didn't love myself and through my marriage and through different aspects of my life, when I discovered, hey, Joanne, you need to love yourself. And I uh, started doing a lot of personal growth work. Mm. And the thing that helped me the most to fall in love with myself was to just get up in the morning and look in the mirror and tell me, tell myself, how much I loved myself and how beautiful I was. And I, and I would do it for five minutes at a time and tears would be streaming down and I'd be hugging myself. And uh, I've shared this exercise with people and so many women have shared what it's meant to them to fall in love with themselves. Because when you do, you give yourself so much freedom to be I remember at 73, I said, at 73, I'm free to be me. That was my motto. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and um, so then giving myself that permission, I learned to do the technology. I then realized I have a message. I can be a voice for our community, the gals in the third act of life. And so that's what has, and the more I step into it and believe that I have a message, it's just amazing what's happening. You're just well, gonna- I want to ask you, what moisturizer are you using? Cause I'm telling you for 80 years old, my mother's skin was flawless too. She drank a lot of water. Yes, I drink a lot of water. And I drink a lot of water and, you know, but you just look so vivacious. Your eyes are bright. Uh, you're, you know, you are, you know, quick to respond. You don't have to really kind of second guess. Do you read a lot? Do you exercise? Is it diet? Is it water? Is it marijuana? What, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I think probably for me, it's passion for life. All right. All right. That's very it's simple. Getting up in the morning and just being excited. And what can I do today? I'm always asking God, spirit, universe, whatever you believe. Uh, what would you have me do today? And it's amazing the inspiration that I receive. And I just feel so blessed and guided. Um, but as far as a moisturizer, I'm using mostly uh, coconut oil. <laughs> the, the simple things, the, yeah. the simple things, you know, I talked to a woman and she was saying she still uses Pond's cold cream. 
yes. You know, and, and those things. But again, you have to moisturize brains. I see some women that skin looks like alligators. Right. You know, you know, they don't take care of themselves. That's another thing. Have you noticed uh, a difference in how women, I don't know, portray themselves or carry themselves? I mean, we were just talking in the green room about your hat and how that makes you feel. There mm -hmm. used to be a time where me and my daughter went to the theater and I demand excellence. I said, when we go to the theater, there will be no raggedy jeans and tennis shoes. I right. want you to look like you are going to an upscale event. When we are having lunch, you put the phone down. I'm paying $100 for this table. I want you to engage with me. Uh, women don't, you know, they don't uh, know how to flirt anymore. What are some of the things that you've noticed in your 80 years, how women have increased, decreased, or evolved? I think uh, the idea of dressing is something that they've too many women have let go of. They don't, and it's possible, they don't love themselves enough to uh, get up and get dressed and make themselves feel wonderful. And they don't have to have expensive clothes. I love accessories. I love hats. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you can feel really special just putting on some lovely accessories, a scarf, a hat and and take off and go out into the world but honoring yourself then in that's that right. way that's right um but i do feel that some women and many of them now are starting to wake up to the idea that they want to be more than perhaps what their mothers were uh mm -hmm. they, they're starting to realize i do have value and I'm loving seeing that evolve. And that's, we've got to have more of that. They do. But, you know, sometimes I see that women are in in uh, stiff competition with men. Ah. In the boardroom. Yes. You know, some in the bedroom. Some, uh, well, I mean, they do. And it's not a competition. I love the feminine energy. I love the softness that I bring. Right. And I'll be honest with your brains. I have no problem being a little submissive to uh, to Mr. Magnificent. I think it's a turn on. I want to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. I want to be your equal when it's that time. But other than that, I want you to be the, the man of the house. But you have to earn that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I know when to step up to the plate. And I don't have to be combative about that. Do you find that that's changed? You know, women were very submissive back in, you know, what, in the 30s. You know, they didn't have much to say. Now they just talking themselves to death. I think many women have taken it too far <laughs> and not really honored their femininity. That, right. You know, they like you say, they are competing with men instead of being that beautiful soul that they were made to be and, and being cherished by a man. Right. That's why they call it mother nature. That, that's why we are women. We are na naturers. We're nurturers. Right. We're here to protect and to love. And that's not that men can't do it, but they just don't do it the same way. No, no. They, <laughs> they're not made in the same mold that we are. 
No. They, they don't have that, those same hormones. They have something quite different than us. They do. So, but the world is very different now. Now, when you were growing up, you didn't probably, you know, see a lot of the gay community as, as prominent as now or transgender. No. no. You know, I, I saw a transgender person and I didn't know what to say. I want, you know, I, I had to address and then you're afraid because they'll attack you. Uh, you know, it was probably a lot of cultural divide as far as blacks and whites, you know, growing up. That's just the way that it was. That's not that anybody was doing it, but that's just the way that it was. There was a lot of politics, you know, women didn't have a right to, to, to choose right. what they wanted to do with their bodies. Um, they weren't treated equally in the boardroom. They weren't paid the same. Mm -hmm. So things are so different now. Do you worry about humanity and society and where we're going for the future generations? No, I don't really worry about it. Uh, I, um, I have the belief that if things go too far awry, there's gonna be a correction and we are going to come into a more loving place mm -hmm. as, a, as a whole and uh, I, I see us, you know, politically so divided. And there's so many people that are, you know, walk around with almost a hate energy. That that hurts me. It hurts me too. Because, uh, the we just need to love one another, and together we can accomplish great things and care for our world. But if we're spending so much time and energy on complaining of what the others are doing. That doesn't work right. for me. And that's one of the commandments is to love unconditionally. Right. But that is one of the hardest things to do and not judge. Right. You know, but my mom at 80 years old, she says she can give a damn. <laughs> I said, mom, you don't remember that? She says, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I, <laughs> she says, I don't, I don't care about that anymore. And it's, she's un she was unapologetic. Hmm. You know, she said what she said. She meant right. what she meant. And she loved it. It's a certain, uh, it's a certain air that you feel when you get to that point in your life where, you know, you can say what you want to say because you've been there and you've done that. So it's so important. But the younger generation right now really need to sit back and look at the wisdom that the seniors bring to the table. Right. Call, call your Nana. Just call her and talk to her for five minutes. You don't realize what that will do for her, but also what it can do for you. Um, you know, raising your children. There's a wisdom there. The basic core values are always going to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you have to teach them right from wrong. And religion, no matter what religion it is, Teach them that there is a force higher, superior than you are. Right. And that you need to honor and worship that and hope to elevate to that level. Has religion or religious doctrine kept you going? Yes, uh, definitely has. You know, because it's taken away, I would say I live fearlessly. And I so I have freedom to be who I am and I feel, you know, and I'm guided and I just, I have no fear about 
the end of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm absolutely certain that life will go on and spiritual form and it will be glorious. And uh, I agree. so I can just live uh, as fully as I possibly can every day, make it the best I can. When I go to bed at night, I try to think back on what I've done and uh, how did I bless somebody today? Mm -hmm. and just feel grateful. And when I get up, like I said, I'm always asking, okay, what is my purpose for today? Mm -hmm. That's, and that's what I do too. Gratitude is latitude, which will yes. raise your altitude. Right. That is exactly what it's about. You can't take anything for granted, you know, and people do it all the time. The air that they breathe, you can't see it, but you inhale it. Mm -hmm. the, the internet, you can't see it, but you use it. Right. You know, a, a radio frequency, you can't see it, but you hear it. So again, that's with spirituality. That's right. That's right. And and with the more you celebrate that, and I celebrate everything. In fact, I did a little video and posted it on my uh, profile this morning about, it's, it's June 1st today when we're talking. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I love new beginnings. I absolutely adore uh, new days, new months, new years. And I celebrate, like you say, the air we breathe, everything. You can just celebrate every little thing in your life when you're always looking at uh, what isn't right. Then life becomes a challenge. But when you can focus on all the good there is, it, it's amazing how- And there is still so much good in the world. There is. You know, the flowers, the trees, the birds, the bees, the music, the food, uh, conversation with people, fashion. You don't have to look at the boob tube and be depressed all day long because of the same thing that the endless news cycles are spinning and programming in your head. Right, right. I watch very little TV. Yeah, I, I'm like that too. I kind of watch it in the morning because I want to make sure I'm not heading in harm's way. Right. <laughs> and that I can still go to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But all that other mindless chitter chatter. My mother used to watch uh, Wolf Blitzer on CNN. And she said, baby, don't turn the channel because it's breaking news. I said, mama, that, that news broke at eight o'clock this morning. It's now one o'clock. No, 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 no. It's breaking news. But it's a form of programming. It's a form of mind control. And when you lose your mind, it's different. Yeah. I know some friends were going over some documents and we had a big seminar about, you know, your living will and trust. Now it's not just a, a physical medical directive. Now you got to do a mental mm -hmm. medical directive because people are losing their, uh, their, their, you know, I shouldn't say losing their mind. They're regressing to a, another period of time. Right. And that is their reality. My mother would go off somewhere. She'd say, oh, this little girl came to visit me today and she had on a pink dress. And instead of me saying, oh, no, you know, you know. I said, does she have white socks and black patent leather shoes? She goes, no, she had white shoes on and she had a little purse. I went right to where she is because that's her reality. 
That's right. You need to do that. I know I cared for a lady with dementia and I discovered how to work with them. And, and just like you say, you move into their reality. You can have wonderful discussions. You don't try to bring them out into your world. You go into theirs. And, um, and I think today, though, you know, a lot of our uh, things that are in our air and our food and our water are contributing to that loss of, of course, money, which is and the and the medication. Oh, definitely. The I just I was on some medication and it was absolutely horrible. When I came back from vacation, I said, "I'm not taking this another day." Right. I threw it in the trash. But what I did do is I made a promise to myself. I said, okay, so if I was taking that poison and putting additional poison in my body, I'm defeating the purpose. So I'm going to get rid of that poison and I'm going to get rid of that poison. And I tell you, the last 10 days have been some of the most pleasant days that I've had. I haven't had to think about anything, you know, until I look at, I've got a new medication. I look on it and it says, oh, it could cause death. And I'm saying, okay, well, this one, at least it says it. The other one was a slow death. Ah, right, right. Oh. Oh, that's one thing, April. I have taken very little medication through my life. Mm. Still very little. And I've been blessed in that way. And I think if we get hooked into that cycle, uh, we got, you take one medication and it has side effects and then you end up taking something else to counterbalance. I've seen far too many, uh, both men and women that have so many medications it's just when oh. i go into senior centers and i watch what they're dishing out you know it just hurts my heart because it I does it does but it's then you know what but then in all fairness there are people that are going to need certain medication oh, and, yeah. and i get that right so continue yeah. to do that but if you are more like the chinese philosophy and you work on prevention Right. before it occurs exactly. because this is no restoration it's about sustaining where you are and you're not going to turn back the hands of time but if you can again head off diabetes or if you can head off heart disease by stop smoking or you know right. these, these other things then you owe that to yourself nobody else you know and your doctor sees you for 15 minutes you are one of my doctor told me she had 1500 patients uh, i know they don't know you at all. They have no way that, you know, the system, our medical system is so basically rigged. I mean, mm -hmm. that, exactly. The doctors can't really do their work the way they would like to. I'm sure many well-meaning doctors would love to spend 30 minutes, an hour and have more meaningful conversation but they're not allowed to, so. Mm -hmm. But that's why we have to be our own healthcare advocates. Yes. If you find that something is wrong with you, document it. It's only a piece of paper and a pencil. What happens? When did it happen? What were you doing at that time? Take that information into, I'm telling you, when I go to the doctor, you best believe, honey, she loves me. Them 15 minutes are productive. I almost tell her down to the uh, test I want to take because right. I'm paying your salary. And I want to know as much as possible. When you get these medications, seniors, talk to the pharmacist. You're going to have the original brand, and then you have these off-the-shelf generics. Mm -hmm. And the generics change from manufacturer to manufacturer. I can't tell you how many times I went in there. 
My mother had the same medication. She had five different colors of the pills. Yeah. They don't have the support. You know, maybe you have a, a, a healthcare worker that comes in and supports you. But if you don't have that kind of support, make a friend, join an organization, contact people like, you know, soon to be me and Joanne that is going to take the time to say, okay, let's have this conversation. Let's slow it down and let's see what we can do. I know during Hurricane Katrina, I was helping at the American Red Cross and one of the ladies came in from New Orleans. She had nothing. She didn't have her medication written down. She didn't have any extra medication. They had just picked her up. And she says, baby, she says, I'm not feeling good. She says, that little blue pill I take for my heart, I don't have it. And I haven't had it for three days. And I said, okay, mother, what is the medication? She didn't know. Yes. What milligram? She didn't know. Do you know I put her in my car, took her down to the hospital and asked them to lay out all the little blue pills for the heart. And she picked it and found it. Oh, wow. But everybody's not going to be that lucky. No, no, no. They don't, they have the kids that are, they they have the kids that's wanting you to die so they can get the inheritance so that they could trick it off. (laughs) I'm afraid that is the case in some. It is. And you know, I tell people of a particular age, get your finances and your paperwork in order. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that you could do is if you say that you love your family is to leave them a mess. Right. Everybody's fighting over the house. They're fighting over the cars. They're fighting over the big screen TV. It takes a minute. It may cost you 500 bucks, but you were going to go on the bus on the casino and play that in, in bingo or in Vegas. Get your documentation in order while you are in right mind and spirit and have all of that. And then nobody has to worry about anything. And when you go on the glory, me and my husband said, well, we're not going to worry about it because, you know, when we die, we're dead anyway. Yeah, but I have a kid, you know, and I want to leave her a legacy and I want to leave it to her so that she doesn't have that problem. So get all of your finances and all of your documentation in order. Are there any other suggestions or things that you want to live, leave us with, Joanne? Um. <laughs> just celebrate who you are. I think, like I said, falling in love with yourself is such a big key for living agelessly that, uh, and dream, continually dream new dreams. If I didn't have my dreams, I don't think I would be uh, what I am today. Uh, it's if because they create passion for life. And then you can take action, but you've got to have a why, uh, something to live for. So that's, um, I think my main uh, message is fall in love and dream and go out and celebrate this stage of life. Amazing. Tell us how to get in contact with you, any current offerings or followings. Tell us how to stay motivated and encouraged by you. Right. Uh, most of my work is done on Facebook. And so the, the uh, I would invite everybody to go to my Facebook page. It's called Joy of Growing Ageless. Joy of Growing Ageless. And there, uh, because uh, I post what I'm doing and uh, people can message me. Uh, right now, I am creating 
I, what I call the Ageless Star Project, which through that, we are creating a collaborative book and a documentary film on how to live agelessly. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's exciting. It is. It's like, exciting. Like I said, it, it's been a dream of mine for many years. I'm bringing it to reality in my 80th year. Wow. Okay. See, that's what I said. Uh, you have to be a big dreamer, right? You have to dream the impossible dream. Yes. Anything that the mind can conceive, it can achieve. That's correct. And you have to want it and you have to be grateful. You know, God loves a cheerful giver. That's right. Okay. But when you got that scowl on your face and you're mean and you're judgmental and you're argumentative, you're going to get wrinkles. And we could tell that uh, Joy Ann has lived a good life because, baby, she ain't hardly got no wrinkles. And I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I feel the joy in my heart. I knew this was going to be one of my favorite interviews of the of the year because it's very passionate. Senior citizens are very near and dear to my heart. I hope and pray that I get to, you know, grace that 80, 90. My mother passed away at 91. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. And just to be able to enjoy um, life and just to be able to enjoy others and share the wisdom. So thank you so much for being here with me and my brains on the edge. You are a true gift. Thank you. I'm blessed to have shared this time with you. Thank you. Brains, go share some time with somebody that's older than you, that's wiser than you. Somebody that you didn't even know might've needed the touch, might've needed the call. Show them some love, okay? That's what we're doing here on The Edge. We're showing it to you. Thank you again, Joanne Gold. Thank you, April. All right, bye brains.